Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today, we are in week two of our sermon series called Jesus for President. But before you get up and walk out, because we're going to talk about politics again, let me remind you that at no point during this series will I stand up here and tell you who or what to vote for. Instead, really, all, all I'm trying to do in this series is to simply share with you three important things that I think we all need to be wrestling with as Christians. So that when it comes time for, for you and I to make our voices heard on November the 3rd, we'll be ready. That's what this is about. It's to get you to think, to work through a couple of things before you walk in there and make that very important decision. So last week, what we discovered as we open up this series by talking about the separation of church and state and the kingdom of God is that whether you like it or not, whether you're comfortable with it or not, and I don't know if anybody's really comfortable with it or not, Jesus was political. No way around it. Jesus was political, which ultimately means that what it looks like for you and I as to be followers of Jesus today is that we are being called to get political. Or we're being called to be the kind of people that don't just sit on the sidelines, but that actually get involved making the world better. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is not something that you do sitting on the sidelines. It's something that you do while getting involved. But now that we know that a big part of what it means to, to follow Jesus is to get political, what we need to get into today, which is just as important, is where our political parties and our political ideologies fit as Christians. Or in other words, what it is that should be coming first when we make our political decisions. Where do we go to make those decisions? Which, by the way, is the part of the series that might just cost me my job. So... If you've ever wanted to watch a pastor go down in flames, you might want to lean in for this one. Nobody, that's, you're supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> Mark 12, 13 through 17 begins. It says this. Then they sent him some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap him in what he said. Then they sent him, excuse me, then they sent to him some Pharisees and some Herodians to trap him in what he said. And what's going on in this particular episode of the Gospel of Mark is that because Jesus is getting more and more popular among the Jewish people, which is something that makes him a threat, the Jewish leaders have put together a trick question that they believe will bring Jesus down. So they begin, teacher. We know you are sincere and show difference to no one. For you do not regard people with partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Which, by the way, is not something they actually believe, right? So, basically what they're doing here is this is a form of flattery. Disguising what it is they're up to so the people don't get what's going on. And we know this because right after they're done trying to butter Jesus up like a piece of toast, is they then drop this bomb. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Should we pay them or should we not? Is it lawful to pay taxes or not? Should we pay them or should we not? Now, 
Here's why this trick question is so brilliant. This is why they think they've got Jesus. If Jesus answers no, it is not okay to pay taxes to Rome, immediately the Jewish leaders would have him arrested for treason because you do not speak out against paying taxes in Rome and not suffer the consequences, right? So that's hanging out there. That's something that he's got to deal with in answering this question. But on the other side of this trick question, if Jesus says, yes, just go ahead and pay your taxes, that keeps him from getting arrested. But would cause him to alienate or lose the people, the very people that he's trying to reach because of how Roman taxation was destroying their lives. Or some scholars estimated at this time in history, most of the people in, in Israel are being taxed up to 80% of their income. That's right. 80% of what they made or produced was going to Rome, which not just made their lives hard but it made their lives absolutely desperate. And it also means there is no way these people are going to follow someone who just tells them to go out and continue to pay these taxes. It's just not sensible. It just doesn't work. So at this point in the conversation, it sure seems as if either way Jesus answers this question, he is going to lose. Because again, if he answers no, he's going to prison. And if he says yes, he's going to lose the crowds. So can you imagine that the Jewish leaders, they ask this question and they're kind of leaning forward like, oh, we got him. We got him now. What's going to happen? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why are you putting me to the test? Why are you putting me to the test? Or Jesus' response to this trick question is, first of all, to make them aware he knows exactly what they're doing. He gets it, right? But then instead of backing down, because Jesus never backs down from a good fight or a good argument, he comes right back at them with this brilliant counter move that they didn't even see coming. He says this, bring me a denarius and let me see it. Bring me a denarius and let me see it. And they actually brought him one. They actually brought him a denarius. Now the reason why this is so significant is because this conversation is taking place in the temple. And in the temple, it is against the law to bring any kind of image, especially the image of a god. And what is on a denarius is the image of the emperor who was considered by many in the Roman world to be a god. So what Jesus has done here by making this request, which they miss, they don't see coming. They, it just kind of slips past them is that he has put the ball back in their court. Because if they are dumb enough to bring him and Denarius into the temple, which they are as we read, then it becomes quite clear to the entire crowd who these ding-dongs really are and what it is that they're trying to do. They show themselves to be lawbreakers in the temple, and this is not a good thing. Or in a sense, with this move, Jesus has already won this argument and he didn't even have to answer the trick question. It's kind of like a mic drop. You guys have seen that? He could have just dropped the mic and, and walked out on that deal. But the amazing thing about Jesus is that even though he is one, even though he doesn't have to answer this question, he can just walk away. He then makes this even more brilliant move. He said to them, whose head is this and whose title? And they answered, the emperor's. And then he said, Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and God the things that are God's. Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Now, on a quick reading of this famous text, what most people think Jesus is saying here is, basically, hey, give to the government, pay your taxes, what belongs to the government, and then give your life to God because that's what belongs to God. 
I mean, that's the basic understanding that many people have. But what you have to keep in mind when making sense of this passage is that this is a trick question. There's two sides to this thing. And if Jesus, if all he said to the people were, okay, so you give this part of your life to God and then give all this stuff to the Romans, he would have completely and totally lost all of those people. They would have just walked away from him. Because again, there's no way these people were going to follow or support someone who told them just to keep paying their taxes, which were destroying their lives. Or to really make this more personal for you and I, how many of you would vote for or follow a politician who was taxing you or trying to tax you up to 80% of your income? Anybody? No, nobody's going to do that. So what that means is that it can't be the case that Jesus is just telling these people to just keep paying their taxes and then give their lives to God. Because if that were the case, then the Jewish leaders would end up winning the conversation. Because all those people that Jesus is trying to reach and save and help, they would have just walked away. Just walked away. So, what Jesus is doing when he says, give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and God the things that are God's, is he's actually telling the crowds to fight against the Roman taxation system, but he's saying it in such a way that it sounds like he's telling them to pay their taxes. Did you catch that? You might need to put on your thinking cap for that. He's telling them to fight against the Roman taxation system, but saying it in such a way that he's, it sounds like he's telling people to pay their taxes, which is a move he has to make because either he's going to prison or he's losing the people. Now, the way this works is when you ask the question in the Jewish mindset, what really belongs to Caesar? The answer is what? Nada. This guy is a tyrant. He's come in. It's taken over the land and all that stuff. But when you ask the question, what belongs to God, what do they say? Everything. Everything belongs to God. So what Jesus is proclaiming here is that everything belongs to God, or that when we give to God what belongs to God, we give God everything, and when we give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, we give him nothing. And I'll give you a moment just to bask in the awesomeness that is Jesus in this move. It should give you chill bumps. This guy was a straight-up genius. If you guys haven't figured that out, I know he's the son of God and all that stuff, but he's also a genius in answering things like this. And this is not the only place he does this. It's just, it's remarkable. Now, before we get into this, what this teaching means for you and I today, I, I got to take a quick sidebar here to, to say this to make sure there's no misunderstanding. So, what I am not saying, nor do I believe Jesus is saying here, is that we should never pay our taxes, right? Some people could take that from this particular thing. No, what I believe is going on in this particular situation is Jesus is telling his followers to fight against Rome because of the unjust taxation that is happening to them in their lives. So, please... Do not call the IRS and say, my pastor said it's not a, it's, I don't have to pay my taxes anymore because Jesus said it didn't. I didn't. I'm not saying that. Jesus is in a different time and place. And if we were being taxed up to 80% of your income, we can talk because I think there's something valid there. Or to, to really make this clear, let me just say this. Go pay your taxes. All right, that's on tape. So you guys can't come back at me on that deal. But if you don't like, or if you think taxes are unfair, then go vote accordingly, all right? Or get involved to do something. That's, I think, what Jesus would tell us to do in the time and place regarding that. So everybody good on that? I'm not going to get any calls from the IRS or anything. We're good? 
If I do, I'm going to find out who it is. You can't do that anonymously. Oh, Kevin, you've got it. Okay, so I'm calling you if it happens. <laughs> okay. So what I do think you and I can learn from what Jesus is teaching us here uh, in regards to our entire lives, but especially politics, which is so very important to get, is that if giving to God what belongs to God means giving God our everything, including our loyalty and our life, then when it comes to, to who and what we vote for and how we get involved, Jesus has to come first, right? Jesus has to come first. Again, if giving to God what belongs to God means giving God our everything, then when it comes to who and what we vote for and how we get involved, Jesus has to come first. I don't care what party you belong to. Which, by the way, is the very statement, if you're keeping score at home, that could get me fired. Again, if we truly are the kind of people who give to God what belongs to God, then Jesus has to come first in everything including our politics. It's that simple. It's that basic. The kingdom of God, the gospel, it all has to come before political party platforms. Or to kind of give you a sense of what this may look like in our day and time lived out, is that you take every issue, you take every candidate, regardless of what party that they belong to, and then when you make the decision who to stand up for, who to vote for, what to fight against. You do not go to your party's political platform first, but you go to the gospel. You go to the kingdom. You go to what Jesus has to say, because ultimately, that's what it means to put Jesus first. That's what it means to proclaim Jesus as our Lord. That's what it means to proclaim Jesus as our King. Or in our day and time, that's how we go about proclaiming Jesus for president. So do you guys think I can keep my job one more week? One more, one more okay. Let us pray. Father, again, whenever we talk politics, it's always a hairy thing, especially given the context that we live in these days, uh, people going back and forth and all that kind of stuff. So first of all, help us to relax. Help us not to get caught up in all of that stuff, but to focus in on who you are and what it is that you're doing in the world. And then once we find that kind of peace, or once we get back to that place where we should be all the time, may we come to understand that ultimately what you're calling us to do is your people. It's to put you first. It's to not only live the kingdom of God in our own lives every single day, but to, to go out and work for it, to vote for it, to fight for it, and to stand against all those things that are against your gospel. So, Lord, as we prepare our hearts and minds for this incredible opportunity, this incredible gift that we all get to do November 3rd, help us to do what needs to be done by putting you first. So that when we vote, when we get involved, we play our part in causing your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com 
That's FCCGBK.com. May you have a blessed week.